I feel women have this special instinct and it's our gut instinct. And when something tells us it's not right, it's usually not right. So if in doubt, never be afraid to get a second opinion. And most healthcare providers will welcome a second opinion. And if your healthcare provider does not or is not too happy with you, then it's time to get a different healthcare provider. We have an amazing guest today. Beth, welcome to the Self-Love Breakfast Club. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. So we like to get things started with a little initiation called goals, gratitude, and badassery. So first things first, what is your current just like biggest goal right now? Biggest goal is to make sure we get everyone over this COVID pandemic, making Mm -hmm. sure that we should get people feeling safer and safer as things open up and making sure that people still remember the importance of protecting themselves and their families. This isn't going to go away overnight, but if we all work together, things are going to open up and we're going to get back to our new normal. Great. And gratitude. What are you grateful for? I am so grateful that my whole family and my friends were able to get through this pretty well. There were some that definitely became COVID positive or had, had COVID. But you know, overall, uh, we all managed to get through it very well. I'm also very proud of the hospital on the floor that I work on. I'm also a practicing nurse besides the CEO of Healthy Women. And I'm very, very proud of the healthcare team and how we managed this whole pandemic. We put our patients first and how we all learned together but worked as a team. Yeah, great. And badassery. So basically, what are you the most proud of yourself for or something that you've done recently that you think is really badass? What I think is really pretty badass is that I was able to grow a company during the pandemic. So mm-hmm. I'm very, very proud of that. I mean, I was able to keep people working, keep them at full salaries, and more importantly, add to our amazing team. Yeah, that is very badass. Yep. <laughs> I love that. So talk to me about Healthy Women. Where did this come from? I know that you are the CEO. Talk to me about that. Like, How did this enter your life? You know, it was something that was never, ever planned. And it was, you know, how they always say it's all depends. It's all about being at the right place at the right time. And I was at the right place at the right time. And I'm a big idea person. So we started Healthy Women. Our legal name is the National Women's Health Resource Center. And we were created in 1988 by a female OBGYN, obstetrician and gynecologist, who was the first person out of her family to graduate from high school, let alone college and then medical school. First, not only person, but female, which was a big thing in those days, way back when. And uh, she became the chief OBGYN at this hospital called Columbia Hospital for Women. And at the time, Columbia Hospital for Women was one of the seven women's hospitals in the United States. And the reason why I'm telling you this story is because it really was her vision to create an organization that provided health information. So if you were diagnosed or had a question about any health concern, you could dial a toll-free number because in 1988, there was not an internet. People did Mm. not have cell phones. It was a toll-free number and a person answered their phone and then they researched the information and made sure that you had access to medically reviewed information that you could trust But it also provided questions and provided the treatment options that were available. So you would get all this information 
that educated you so you could have that conversation with your doctor or your healthcare provider. And it was genius because no one else was doing it. And so many women had questions. They were getting diagnosed with whether it was breast cancer, whether it was osteoporosis, you know, it didn't matter. We addressed all women's health and wellness issues. And then fast forward in the 90s, you know, women's health became a front burner topic. You saw magazines like Cosmopolitan, even 17 Magazine, Women's Day, Red Book, when there were great magazines that were creating, instead of just having a women's health column or a mm. Q&A column, they started having whole sections, health sections, health and wellness sections. And you saw Katie Couric and Ann Curry starting to host women's health segments, the Today Show, and all the morning programs. So you saw women's health becoming, instead of a back burner issue, it became a front burner issue. And then there was that whole fight to make sure that women were included in clinical trials. And that only happened in the 90s, which Mm -hmm. I just find still amazing that women were not being included in clinical trials until the early 90s, like when it was, you know, we had to force it on Congress to say, this is absolutely ridiculous. So as I saw all of these things kind of roll out right out of college, I became part of the National Women's Health Resource Center. And I realized there was an opportunity to continue growing this. And the hospitals, the smaller hospitals were being acquired and or merged by bigger hospital systems. And I saw the writing on the wall. Mm. So I went to the CEO and asked him if I could take the not-for-profit that they were going to close down and to see if I could keep it going because I really thought I could. So I created a business plan, got funding, and then launched Healthy Women. And then in a few short months, launched healthywomen.org. Society continued to pivot and change. So as websites became, you know, more of the norm as health, you know, searching for health information became more of the norm, taking what we did from that telephone and we created a newsletter and kind of creating that digital space where women, again, could get information, but now 24-7. But the biggest important thing, I think, is making sure that we still had every, it was that medically trusted information, knowing that it was medically reviewed, it was updated, and we still continue to give women, you know, the questions to ask. And we always include that real women, real stories, sharing your stories. How did you deal with this? How did you cope with it? What was your success story? What were your biggest hurdles? People love to hear that they're not alone. And so one of our biggest draws is listening to and being able to allow her to tell her story, her journey. Yeah, I think that's a great point. There's so many women struggling out there with so many different things right. and thinking it's feeling very alone in it. I think the, the age of the internet has really allowed us to find support in each other. And I mean, how amazing, a toll-free number. So how did that, how did she even get that out? Because without the internet. Well, you know what? So, yeah. So, you know, I mean, back in the good old days, like any, so it was all creative marketing at that time. So, you know, what I did is, started a website, but more importantly, started building... At that time, there were health editors and magazines. And I relocated from Washington, D.C. to New Jersey, where there were tons of pharmaceutical companies, like right in my backyard. And then I was in New York all the time, just saying to the health editors, look, if you're covering women's health, come to me. I've got experts, I've got information, and I've got all the resources. So if you're looking for other organizations that kind of own that therapeutic area... I know who the ones that you want to send your readers to. And I was giving them the information. So they started 
including our toll-free number and our website. So it built up that visibility and awareness. And honestly, it was all creative marketing. It was marketing 101 because I did not have a big marketing budget, but I did have time and I had energy. People at that time in the in the 90s were, you know, welcomed meetings and wanted to hear and wanted just that quick hookup with, do you have a healthcare provider? Do you have a patient? Where can women find out more information? And so it came together very nicely. But I think the most important why we're so successful is that we're not afraid of change. There's so many businesses, there's so many not-for-profits that are afraid to change and we embrace change. And that is why we continue to be successful is because we're able to pivot and make sure that we're delivering women with the information in the way that they want to receive it. So no longer are they searching, they want the information to come to them. And yeah. it's not just on online right now, it's to their mobile devices, it's to their tablets, they want podcasts such as yours, they want to, you know, they want it through their Twitter feed, they want it in LinkedIn. So we're making sure that we understand who our audience is, and how she wants to receive her information. And then we continue to build out our digital platform. Yeah, that's really smart. There's a lot of businesses in general, not just this industry that, you know, things change and they're like, oh, well, (laughs) right. Yeah, this doesn't work anymore. It just doesn't work. And instead of finding. Yeah. And we saw that with COVID, right? Those small businesses that were able to kind of change it a bit, even the restaurants that were all of a sudden realized, yeah, we can't have diners in, but we can do takeout and they shifted quickly and they were able to stay in the game. You know? Exactly. Exactly. I like what you mentioned about clinical trials because it's crazy. It's crazy right? to me. <laughs> it's not a copy and paste thing. Women are not just mini men. We have a completely different physiological makeup. <laughs> right. Our biology is very different from men. And so to have, you know, clinical trials on men and then just kind of copy and paste to women is absolutely crazy. So it's mind boggling to me that that just started not that long ago. No, not that long ago. I know I laughed because I started right out of college and I was the person that answered the phone. So that was my job at the national. And I always say, you know, you can't own a restaurant without waiting tables and washing dishes and being yeah. a bartender, right? Like you need to understand the business from the ground up. And that's why I was so lucky because I was able to learn and grow it. You have to understand your audience. And it was interesting with the clinical trials. I just remember thinking like, you've got the same reaction you had. I just said, we need to change this. We need to start making sure women are aware. So from a policy perspective, aware and what they can do to help change. We need to make sure women are educated and understand that they are not alone. There's still so many topics that have stigmas attached to them. And we need to dispel that by being able to have women share their stories that, you know, what they did, how they did it, how they were successful. So other women have that other permission and realize that they are not the only one that is suffering from this condition. They are not alone. And as a matter of fact, there are, you know, support groups that we can help them find. And there are physicians or healthcare providers that specialize in different areas that they may not have even realized. So it's really still providing the education and resources to women 24-7 on all women's health and wellness issues. Yeah, I'm assuming that the mood just bouncing back to that clinical trials because I'm still kind yeah. of fascinated by this. I'm assuming it's because, you know, women have menstrual cycles and that was just too much of a pain to deal with. <laughs> so. No, I think, I think it was just easier to get men in clinical trials. And I really? think they didn't even think it. They didn't even think about, oh, well, you know, women, <laughs> breasts and reproductive health, right? Because right. now 
you're going to start seeing a change in that too, because there are not clinical trials done on pregnant women, Mm. but we're going to have to start changing that. Right. And carefully and rightfully so. Right. Because that's a time where you're, you know, every woman is so protective of her body when they're most women, I should say, not all. It's a very special time and you do need to be careful, but I think we're going to start seeing growth and the opportunity for pregnant women to be Mm. included in clinical trials. I think that's going to be the next hurdle. Interesting. Yeah. I was trying to give them the benefit of the doubt and say they're being lazy, but apparently they just didn't consider women. (laughs) Right. At all. Shocking. (laughs) Shocking. Shocking. So healthy women and all of these resources and medical advice. Now, do you err on the side of Western medicine? Do you dabble in Eastern? Is this like holistic? Is it all of it? Give me a little. All of the above. I would say C. I'm going to take A, B, C. C, All of the above. Because here's what's the amazing thing. So the National Institutes of Health have an alternative medicine side to it. And so what we do is we like to look at any, you know, any condition and make sure that they have traditional holistic prevention. Prevention is a big piece of our information too. And that's changed dramatically too. In the 80s and 90s, all the content that you read was very encyclopedia-like information, Mm. and it was very deep dive, and it was always based on diseases. So it was all like if you had breast cancer, if if you had diabetes, if you had cardiovascular disease, very seldom did the articles and the information talk about prevention or family history or what you can do, even though you're diagnosed with diabetes, how you can live better and live well without, you know, and some diabetics are able to shift and I'm using diabetes just because it's still a huge health concern for people, but even people that have been diagnosed or borderline can shift by diet change and exercise, right? So it's just making sure that we take a look at the condition and are educating her as much as we can on what she needs to know about prevention, living with. So if she is diagnosed with cardiovascular disease, how can she live well with cardiovascular disease? So that holistic approach is so, so important because it does make a difference. And if we can bundle it all up and provide it to her in an easy to read, easy to introduce into her routine manner, and then engage her with others that are living with and doing it well, guess what? The chances of her continuing to live well, age smart, age well, are much higher. Yeah. And what we're also finding is that a big part of our audience are nurses and nurse practitioners. Not only do they love our information, but they're able to share it with their patients, right? So it's that because we're medically vetted, because we are a trusted source for health information, healthcare providers are able to use our information in their practices to help their patients who are either doing well and just want to maintain, you know, aging smart, aging well mentality, or people that have been diagnosed with a condition and want to learn more and stay on track. They can refer healthywomen.org to them, and then we become part of their daily routine. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. One of the biggest, you know, obviously this podcast is rooted in self-care and I think people think it's just looking in the mirror and giving yourself affirmations, but a big part of loving yourself and taking care of yourself is listening to your body and knowing when maybe something is off and advocating for yourself and going to the doctor and not 
skipping that, you know, like the check engine light is on. Yeah. You know, or maybe you just need, need a review, see how everything's going. Don't wait until your car is on fire to take it into the shop. So it's really important to everyone listening to advocate for yourself, take care of yourself and know that if, if something is off or something feels off or you want to feel better, make a doctor's appointment with whatever type of doctor you, you want. Try. Yeah. <laughs> you want to say, well, so here's the sad part. Every year we do, you know, surveys to understand with all the information that we've learned since the late 80s and early 90s, with all the great advancements that we've made in women's health, with the Affordable Care Act that's still in place that covers an annual wellness visit for all women that provides the preventative screenings for all women, are women taking better care of themselves? What do you think the answer is? want to say yes. <laughs> okay. I know I want to say yes too, but sadly, oh, we are no. not. So Ugh. this is where I am on a rampage, right? Mm. I'm, I am on a rampage that what we do know is that we will never put ourselves first. We will never put ourselves first on the list. Yeah. But here's what I'm also saying. That's okay. I'm okay with not being number two on the list, mm. but I am going to be number three right? Because what we found is that women put their dog's health before their own health, right? They will take that dog to the vet- veterinarian to get their screening, their nails clipped, their trim and stuff, but we will not prioritize and put ourselves on the list. Mm. So here's what I'm telling you and your audience is that ladies, it is time to start taking care of ourselves. There is no more excuses Because if we do not start putting ourselves on the A-list and making ourselves at least number three, I know we will never be number one, (laughs) then we will not be there to take care of our families, right? We will not be there. There is no reason for us not to be able to put ourselves on the list. There's just no excuse. That's going to be my new t-shirt. Zero, like no excuse. No excuse. (laughs) I'm sure no, someone yeah. already took that, but I'm just like, I'm so adamant, like this is going to change. Like, well, I, normally when we hear no excuses, it's more of like, no excuses, go to the gym and like that, right. that's right. the real extreme kind of thing. But, you know, there's no reason why it can't be number one. I think most of us women, we're natural nurturers. We want to take care of everyone around us. And that's why we end up neglecting ourselves. But we fail to realize or fail to change things around to understand that if we put ourselves first and we overflow our cup, then we can serve everyone else with the overflow. We have more capacity. And just even like you said, you know, like myself, even the last year, I've become basically obsessed with my own personal health because before it was just kind of like, eh, when, and it'll be okay. I'm fine. Like I feel fine. It's not that bad. And skipping doctor's appointments and all of that. And now, I'm like, if I need to spend money on, on my health versus on like clothes or something, right. things, I'm spending it on my health. I'm buying the supplements. I'm going to functional medicine doctor. Like yeah, I'm yeah. doing what it takes to take care of myself because I know that if I am at my absolute optimal best, I am my best asset. I am the person who's going to do all of the things. So I have to take care of me first and then it can trickle to everyone else. And I think women just need to like, have that trust that if you shift, everything's not going to fall apart. 
I almost feel like we need permission. So I yeah. think we can say, you know what? We're giving you all permission. So permission. everyone that's everyone that's listening to your little <laughs> lovely podcast, you all have permission to take care of yourself and to make you a priority. There's no judging. Like there is absolutely like, we need to take that airplane mentality, right? Mm-hmm. Put your mask on first before you can save everyone else. So put your mask on, take a deep breath and take care of yourself. Yeah. So you can be there to take care of everyone else that you're so good at. Yeah, there's definitely the, yeah. the needing the permission and then and knowing that it's going to be okay. Like the world is not going to fall apart. Your personal life is not going to fall apart if you shift gears and put yourself first. It's just not. <laughs> exactly. Everyone's just like, well, there's so much more that needs to be done. I'm like, but you know what? I celebrate everything that has been done. Like yeah. I'm very, you know, glass half full. And yes, there's so there's more work that needs to be done. But ladies, let's t- pay attention. You know, we know about family history. We know about that screenings do save lives. They pick Mm. up cancers early and it gives us a chance to have conversations, understand there's so many new treatment options now and with holistic different types of medicine available to us and specialists, like there's, it's, it's a good time. We're in a good space right now and look at everything that, you know, and I'm just so you know, I think about COVID and the vaccines and the rollout, and this was a first. And, you know, yes, there's some states that haven't done so well, and there's other states that have done very well. I just want to bring this up because it's so timely is that we need to learn from others, right? We need to hit the pause button and learn how and why there are some hospital systems, there's some states that are have done so well, mm-hmm. and make sure that we, you know, share that information and share amongst ourselves as well you know, what, how, why it was so successful and how it was success, so successful. So everyone has the opportunity to be successful. I'm, I'm a big sharer. Like, I just always want to say like, why was that successful? Yeah. How did you have that good outcome? Because we need to share it. We need to make sure everyone else has access to that yeah. success story. Absolutely. One of the things I see a lot, especially with women, is that they know something is wrong. They're not quite sure what it is. They go to their mm-hmm. doctor. The doctor like runs tests and is like, you're fine. <laughs> it's in your head or you're fine. And then it either ends there or they spend all of this time and money and energy trying to figure it out because they know something is not fine. What would you recommend to that woman, the woman who needs to advocate for herself and that knows that you know her body is giving her signals that maybe her doctor is missing. You know what? I think our gut instinct is always a hundred percent. I just, I always say to, you know, all my family and friends, I feel women have this special instinct and it's our gut instinct. And when something tells us it's not right, it's usually not right. So if in doubt, never be afraid to get a second opinion. And most healthcare providers will welcome a second opinion. And if your healthcare provider does not or is not too happy with you, then it's time to get a different healthcare provider. I mean, that's what I would say. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not totally. an expert in health. Totally. I am like, I am so into like, something's just not right here. I need mm-hmm. to seek a second opinion. And you do. And, and you ask anyone, and even if they're on the same page, you'll feel so much better knowing like, you know what? I'm just, you feel better getting that second opinion and then you make a decision. It's just a smart way. Yeah. Yeah. Just kind of reaffirming that. I mean, me personally, I have a primary care physician and we go to him for certain things. Then I have a functional medicine doctor. So I go to him for certain things. And just recently I felt like something has been off and 
not feeling 100%. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go straight to the functional medicine doctor because I just don't want to. I've heard so many horror stories of women going to their primary care physician and not getting answers. Oh, I know. I've heard that too. And so here's another thing I would love to tell your audience, nurse practitioners. If you're able to book an appointment with a nurse practitioner, then I would say nurse practitioners are amazing. Many of them are female and they will take that extra time. They love going and making sure they're up to date on all their clinical practices and the education and resources. So if you have an opportunity to include a nurse practitioner as part of your healthcare team. That's really great. That's a really great advice because every nurse practitioner I've ever dealt with has been amazing. Right. They're amazing. Me too. And so that's why I wanted to give a plug because people don't think about that. You know, like you don't always need a MD. You can have a nurse practitioner that practices in family medicine or practices in pediatrics or practices in women's health. If you're expecting a baby or want to start having a family, that's when you can start looking for an OBGYN, but just for your, you know, annual wellness exams. Mm. You know, I just want to make sure that people understand the role of the nurse practitioner and the important role they can play in your overall health. What is like your one message to women today? What would you want to say if you just had one thing to tell them? I think it's an amazing time that we're living in. I'm, uh, of course, I cannot say just one thing. And I, I want <laughs> to, I can feel your energy on this as well. So I think mm-hmm. I can fairly say that both of us are very passionate about, and it's the importance of taking care of yourself. Mm-hmm. So please, if you have not made your annual woman's wellness visit because of COVID, And because of all the stresses that we've all been through this past year, now's the time to do it. Practices are opened up. It's never been safer. You're seen on time. Offices have never been cleaner. It's time to take care of you. Use this year, 2021, to take care of you and make that appointment and get all those screenings checked off. Because once you do, you feel so much better. You just feel so much better. I think there's definitely a fear. And so, you know, sometimes we put things off because we're scared of what the answer is or the outcome, right. but putting it off tends to make things worse. <laughs> right. That's right. That's exactly right. And we're yeah. always afraid of the unknown, but it's always better to find out sooner than later. And again, that reminder that there are so many new treatment options, early detection is the best and getting that seen and taken care of again, is so much better. So please make your health a priority. Yes, I love it. So on that note, we like to end on a quote. Is there a quote that you either live by or that maybe you've been thinking of lately or that you can share with us? One thing that I always do, I, yeah, of course I do have quotes that I love and they're taped in my office, but I'm not in my office. So, but there is one (laughs) mantra that I always say every day that I love because it starts every day in every way, my life gets better and better. Mm. And so I use that when I'm running or first thing in the morning, if I'm walking and, you know, luckily this week I've been on a beach. So when I start my morning run, I just let myself kind of go into that special space and say every day in every way, my life gets better and better. And it's just one of those things that reminds you to be grateful and know that things get, always get better. Like every day can get better. Yeah. Great mantra too. So where can our audience find Healthy Women. Where can we find you? Healthywomen.org is the go-to site and at BBCRN is my Twitter feed. Perfect. Thank you so much for coming on today and sharing all of your wisdom and knowledge and 
health. <laughs> health. Oh my gosh. We can go down a lot of different roads with health, but this is our overall like healthy women. We're here to make sure that you, you know, everyone has access to trusted and credible health and wellness information and to really make sure that you know that you're not alone. There are other people living with and living well with, and they're sharing their stories and they're sharing their successes as well as the hurdles that they're facing. And it's, we're here to hold your hand and make sure that you get the information you need to stay healthy and well. So good. Going to help a lot of people for sure. Thank you. Thank you for your time today. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Self-Love Breakfast Club. If you enjoyed it, please share with your friends and tag us in your Instagram stories. See you next time. Mm